Well, here's a picture of a Malaysian jet that's identical to Flight 370 that disappeared back on March 8th, 15 days ago. You see a map here that took off from the airport in Malaysia. Got about an hour out as the last radio contact. And what they can tell from uh, satellite data is that one of the co-pilots, they assume, turned off the radio transponder. They also can tell that the plane took a left. So it might have gone straight west and then maybe turned someplace else. Most recently, as you see in this next slide, there is a picture, uh, satellite picture from China. We've seen two of them now. And they are near Australia. And it might be the size of, let's say, one of the wings. And so they've been intensifying their searches in that particular area, but still no answers. This particular picture typifies what's going on. Everyone is looking for this lost plane. Of course, everyone on dead, the 239 people are presumed dead, but they are seeking the plane, and they're seeking answers to what happened. In fact, it's the largest search and rescue mission that's ever happened in the history of the world uh, as we know it. Uh, the United States alone has uh, invested $2.5 million uh, through the Navy in looking for this plane. Twenty-six countries are involved. They searched a territory over the ocean that would be equal to the continental uh, United States. Everybody is looking. And here's another picture that typifies what many people are doing. Everybody is praying. That they'd be able to find that plane, that they'd be able to get some of their other questions answered, and that they'd be able to recover those bodies so they can be buried by their families. That's an incredible burden uh, that they have. And I was thinking about that as we're going to be talking about prayer today, because prayer is all about seeking after God. And hopefully, as we study this topic in the Word of God, we'll all be strengthened in being more effective in our prayer life. Well, last week we introduced our Disciple-Driven Initiative. I'm very excited about it. Our HeartStrong Initiative is coming to an end, so now we're moving into a Disciple-Driven Initiative. And first of all and foremost, it's a prayer initiative. That's the number one thing. As we call on God to do miracles here in our family, as we call on God to provide resources, as we call on God to make disciples, it's got to come from Him. So we've got to start praying, and we need to pray like we never have prayed before. Then it's a full engagement initiative. That's the idea of people that attend Springbrook regularly owning this ministry. It's not, not just a place where they come and get what they need. It's a place that they own. It's a place that they're invested in. It's a place where they serve in ministry. It's a place where they lead in ministry as we disciple uh, people. And then finally, it's a generosity initiative. We give uh, sacrificially in order uh, to see God work uh, through this initiative. Now, if you weren't here last week, our sermon service online is down. So we do have CDs on the ministry counter on the right side there. So if you missed last Sunday, you can pick up a free CD. You want to catch up 
uh, with where, they're, where we're at. We kind of covered the whole initiative last week, and now we're kind of focusing in on the prayer portion of the initiative. Now, prayer is something uh, that I think every Christian would like to do regularly and, and really be involved in, uh, but it's sometimes not as easy as it looks. Let's look at a, excuse me, a, a definition of prayer. Prayer is seeking the presence and power of God. It's seeking. You've got to work at prayer. You have to take initiative to grow your prayer life. So it's seeking the presence and power of God. And so many times we're looking to God for what we can get. That's why we go to God. Now, it's good to go to God for that purpose. But the purpose of prayer is not to get. The purpose of prayer is to cultivate a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's to spend time with God. Because that's a form of worship. We're doing that right now. You guys made this a priority. Today, you could be doing a lot of other things, but you said, hey, listen, we're going to bring our family and we're going to worship God. We're going to show him that he's important in our life by being here, uh, by worshiping him in so many uh, different ways. And that's what God wants for us on a personal level as well, that we set aside time for him just to give all of our attention to him, because that's what he loves so much. And also the power of God also flows uh, through that. But it's so important we remember that, first of all, it's about cultivating that relationship with Jesus Christ. As I said, uh, we believe in prayer, and we know we should do it, but why is it so difficult? Well, let's take a look. The first reason is you can't see or hear God audibly. So let's say I come down here and look at my friend Mon Villa, and uh, Mon, uh, we hung out quite a bit together, and uh, I like talking to Mon, right? Yeah, he's a great guy. He's an evangelist. He has a heart for the Lord. And, and so I really enjoy when we have a chance to talk, uh, let's say, out in the atrium, that kind of thing. And so it's face-to-face. You know, I can see his facial expression. He's such a good-looking guy. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, engaging, interesting to talk with. But let's say that uh, I, I don't have a chance to see him face-to-face, and I can call Mon on the phone. That's a little different. I can't see his beautiful face, uh, but I can hear his voice. And it's kind of like talking to him individually, but just a step away from that. Or let's say that I want to communicate with Vaughn, but I know he might be busy, so I text him. Well, you know, that's okay. I mean, hopefully, would you respond quickly to my text? Are you kind of like on your phone all the time, or would it take a couple hours to get back to me? Oh, okay. Oh, oh my. Thank you, Mon. <laughs> All right, I could text him. Or I could email him. I, I found that people don't respond very quickly to emails, but I could do that. And, uh, or I could send him a letter. Yeah, a letter. Anybody, since January 1st, has anybody written a letter to someone? Printed. Oh, okay, very interesting. Who would you write a letter to, if you feel? Your friend. Interesting. Okay. Anybody else wrote, written a letter? Okay. Uh, somebody say something. How about you, Linda? Who would you write a letter to? Anise. Okay. Uh, the art of letter writing is not gone. That's beautiful to hear. I, I'm not going to write a letter, but uh, <laughs> I'm too far gone that way. But at the same time, those are different forms of communication. But the key thing here is feedback. 
whatever type of communication I'm having with mine, it's feedback. And that's the challenge about God, is that you don't get a lot of instantaneous feedback from God. Now, certainly when you're spending time with uh, the Word of God and prayer, certainly uh, sometimes you experience uh, the Spirit. Uh, there's a special feeling that comes over you. Uh, sometimes you get an impression from God. Maybe you get a solution that you've been looking for. And all of a sudden, the idea comes to your mind, and you say, wow, that was from God. Those are cool times, but they aren't the usual. Usually, uh, when you spend time alone with God, uh, there isn't a lot of emotion, per se. I mean, it depends kind of how you're wired, one might say. But you can't always go into a time with God expecting uh, to get the warm fuzzies. All right? Sometimes it's just work. I mean, you're tired and say, okay, I'm going to pray. And you pray, and you feel the same as before you pray. But that's okay, because because you're you're cultivating that relationship with God. Now, some people say, well, God spoke to me audibly. Okay, well, I believe you. and spoken to me, but that's okay. You know. So the point is, is that the idea of communicating with an invisible God where I'm not getting instantaneous feedback is a difficult skill to develop. And you sit down and you start to pray and your mind wanders. That's very, very common. And, and so people struggle with prayer and then they just give up. They say, well, it's not even worth it. I don't even know how to do this. I'm not feeling anything. I'm not getting anything. Well, that's why we as a, as a ministry over the next few years are really going to devote our time and energy to cultivating uh, the skill of developing prayers. Because prayer is a spiritual discipline. We're disciples who develop disciplines or habits. And it's something you have to learn. It's something you have to grow in. It's something you need to be reminded about. Uh, so, again, it's a skill that uh, the Holy Spirit develops in your life as you take initiative. The second thing why prayer is so difficult is that prayer doesn't seem productive. Hey, we're all about getting things done, checking things off our to-do list, feeling like we are making progress in life. We are taking new ground. And when our life is busy, when our day is busy, typically the first thing that goes <laughs> is what? Our time alone with God. Because, oh, I, I can skip that today because nobody's going to be yelling at me because I didn't do something. And I'll have more time to get more things done and and I'll have some time to relax. So, you know, I'll do that tomorrow. Well, friends, really, the more busy we get, the more we should be praying, right? Because more life becomes more stressful and, and taxing. But again, it just doesn't have that sense of production. We spend that time alone with God. And sometimes, based on how long we've been praying, we say, well, what happened with that? We don't have that sense of done. It's kind of like just hanging there. Well, that's... The process of spiritual maturity, realizing that God is working. And he might be working slower than we might anticipate. The third thing is that pride is the most significant barrier to prayer. Now, we have a natural desire to pray, but we also, as a sinful person, have a natural desire to do things ourselves. In reality, we're all a bunch of control freaks. Now, uh, some of us uh, talk about our control and try to control other people more than others, but we're all control freaks. We all want things done in our way, in our time. Uh, again, talk about our family members. And, and that's what brings a lot of frustration because we can't control 
other people. We can't control circumstances, but we just continue to try to do it. Even though it hasn't worked in the past, we just continue to try to get things to go our way. And many times in a Christian spiritual walk, it really takes something significant to happen to, to ring our bell and help us to realize you cannot control anything. And that's really when you start to grow spiritually, when you realize, oh, God, you know, I'm, I'm totally dependent upon you. I want to be totally dependent upon you because that's the nature of spiritual growth is to grow in dependence upon Jesus Christ uh, as you move along in life and realize that nothing is for certain. You can't control anything, so you better give it all to God and depend upon Him. In fact, it says in James, uh, James chapter 4, 6, but He gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So God opposes the proud. I mean, if you've got an attitude like, I'm in control here, and usually if you've you got that kind of attitude, you're not going to be praying to God because you don't need Him. But God's not going to do anything for you. But when you come with humility and say, God, <laughs> I, I give up trying to control my world, and I'm going to trust in you to make things happen. You, you inspire me. You guide me. That's when God really starts to pour on His grace. And grace is such a beautiful word. word. Uh, grace is kind of a word that summarizes all the good things that flow from God because we don't deserve anything as sinners. So everything that God gives us is something out of grace, something we don't uh, deserve. It talks about coming to the throne of grace in Hebrews. God wants to give us grace. And the next reason is that prayer is not a project. It's a relationship. We many times treat it as a project. I'm going to go to God and show Him my agenda and show Him what I want done. Uh, no, no, no. Again, the key reason we pray is to celebrate the presence of God. Just to be with God. To listen to God. To enjoy God. That's what we want to do through prayer. So it's first about the presence of God. And then He starts to transform us in amazing ways. I think the best way to approach prayer is to pray like a child. Pray like a child. First of all, you want to believe like a child. Now, if you have a little child... Uh, you could have told them back in the midst of the brutal winter we had, let's say back in January, you know what, tomorrow, summer is coming. That's right. Overnight, all the snow is going to melt. And when you wake up tomorrow, it's going to be like a really hot day. And you can go swimming, you can get with your friends. I've already called some friends together. And they're going to believe you. Why? Because you are the source of all knowledge. And whatever you say is true. Now, you better enjoy it while it lasts because it's all downhill, right? At those teenage years, you know nothing. <laughs> In fact, everything you say is wrong, right? And then slowly, I don't know, 25, 30, 35, <laughs> they realize you know some things. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I tell you what, we need to believe, like little children believe that uh, their mom and dad know everything. We need to believe that about God. Because with God, it is true. There is no doubt. Like there is a story uh, in the Gospel of Luke. It talks about the Roman centurion, the Roman uh, commander. And he had a highly valued slave 
that was sick. And so he asked Jesus to come to his house. And on the way, he said, no, you don't even have to come to my house. I don't feel worthy for you to come to my house. So he sent some friends with a message. And he says, there are, therefore, I did not presume to come to you, not even myself, but say the word and let my servant be healed. And he goes on to say, I'm a commander. And when I say the word, <laughs> my, my soldiers do what I say. And he realized that Jesus Christ had the same spiritual authority over healing people. That all Jesus had to say was the word. He didn't have to be there. didn't need to be present. All he had to say is, you are healed. And how does Jesus respond to that? In verse 9 it says, when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. Now, that's, a, that's an impressive thing when God marvels at something, right? Like, wow. Uh, and turning to the crowd that followed him, said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. What God wants from you more than anything else is your faith, is your total dependence upon him, trusting in him, depending upon him. Well, the second thing you need to do is you need to speak like a child. You need to speak like a child. Uh, again, Jesus Christ referred to God as Abba, Father. The most intimate term back in that day, like Daddy in our language. And that just shocked people. Like, why would you call God Father? Because He was transcendent to them. He was way up here. Uh, but they didn't sense the intimacy that God's love, uh, the intimate love that God had uh, for them. But that's what he called him. He called him Abba. And in the same way, he's our dad. And, and people get so hung up because of their background and just uh, what they've picked up along the way that you have to have some type of special language to talk to God. You have to throw in a lot of these and thous. In fact, they're not even sure what the language is. And that's why they don't pray, because they don't know how to do it. And uh, there is no special language. I mean, if you have a one or a two or three or four or five year old, and they're not talking in the way that you would like to, you don't start to berate them because they can't say certain words or they can't complete sentences. No, you just accept them where they're at. And if there's some type of speech delay, you try to work with that, but you just continue to encourage them. And that's your father, your heavenly father. When you come to him, he just wants you to talk with him just the way you would talk with another friend. Just, 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 you are who you are. You talk with them. You know, the most beautiful thing about small groups is that people really grow in prayer. Now, one of the challenges that people have is praying out loud. Now, why do they struggle with that? Why do so many people say, I'm not going to pray out loud? Well, it's like public speaking. That's the number one fear that people have. So, here they are in a group of people. Now, before time, they could be joking and laughing and, you know, talking a lot. But now, they're officially on the podium stand, and, and they are speaking to God in this language they do not know, and they have this group of people that are listening to them. That's why they're so fearful about it. But as a person's involved in a small group over a period of time, they realize there is no special prayer language, because they hear everybody else just conversationally talking with God, and they say, well, I can do that. And then they just... You know, maybe six months, a year into their experience, they actually do it. They actually say it. They speak a prayer out loud. And nothing happens, you know, <laughs> except for the small group leaders. Like, Whoa, that was great. <laughs> right? So that's the nature of growing in prayer. 
We just come to Him and we lay it out and we say, Lord, you know, this is what's going on in my life. I love you and help me to grow. Well, there's no special language here that we need to learn. In fact, we have an interpreter, Romans 8, 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groaning too deep for words. So the Holy Spirit is the interpreter. When you don't know what to say, when you don't know what's wrong with your life, the Spirit knows exactly what's going down and what you need. Isn't that great? Uh, Jeff White, uh, who attends our ministry, uh, lost his son this week. He was 30 years old. Uh, no greater pain in life than losing a child. And he and Claudia just are mourning over that. Uh, the memorial service was yesterday. And uh, I'm sure he doesn't know what to pray for at this point. Uh, but the Holy Spirit is praying for him. He's interceding for Jeff. Let's pray for Jeff right now. Dear Lord, I pray for Jeff in the midst of this uh, very challenging time. The loss of his son, Nicholas. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would give him the grace that he needs to walk through this uh, long emotional journey of mourning over his son and grieving. I pray that we might be an encouragement to he and Claudia. and uh, pray that you would teach him new things uh, through this very challenging loss. In Christ's name, amen. All right. Uh, we need to trust like a child. Uh, remember when the little kids were coming to Jesus, they wanted to climb up in his lap, and the disciples said, no, no, Jesus has got no time for you because they're... Children were not valued at all back in that day. Uh, so when Jesus saw it, it says, it was in, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. So how does a child enter anything? Through faith. Through faith in their mother, their father, another trusted adult. They just have faith in the person that whatever they say is going to happen, is going to be true. So in the same way, that's how we need to come to God. We need just to continue to be dependent upon Him. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who are labor and all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Where are you at today? How are you feeling? You overloaded? Are you confused? depressed, I would just encourage you to go home today, lock some door, and to get alone with God. You might want to write out your prayer to Him. You might want to just cry out to God and just tell God what's on your heart. Because that's what He wants to hear. He knows what's on your heart, but He wants to hear it from you. Because that deepens that relationship that you have with Him. We need to trust like a child. And then also we need to ask like a child. We need to ask like a child. Now in Luke 11, 9 and 10, a verse we referenced last week, we read, or Jesus Christ says, And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. So here we have, in this context, the Lord's Prayer at the beginning of this chapter. 
And uh, he tells some stories about the persistent widow, uh, the idea that you, you need to just continue to ask God for what you need. Now, each of these uh, verbs, ask, seek, uh, and knock, are in the present imperative, which means you need to keep on asking, you need to keep on seeking, you need to keep on knocking. So, here's a key principle in prayer, is that God typically is not going to answer you the first time. Okay? Now, he might, I don't know. But the idea is that he wants to see your faith in him, even when everything seems like it's not going anywhere and God's not answering. He wants you to keep on asking and seeking and knocking. Now, this is not a blank check because you have the other verses in Scripture, the Lord's Prayer, where it says, uh, your will be done. God is going to answer you in some way. He is going to speak to you in some way, but... If there's a question, if it's not clear yet, you need to keep asking, which means to scribe or demand from God. Uh, you need to keep seeking, uh, which means to pursue, and you need to keep knocking. That's more aggressive. You're knocking on the door of heaven say, God, why haven't you answered my request yet? Please help me. And you say, well, whoa, 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 wait, wait. God doesn't have time for me, number one. And I shouldn't treat God like that. I mean, I shouldn't be pestering God. Well, that's what he's saying. Go ahead and pester me. Go ahead and ask me over and 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 over. Right? Keep asking. Keep knocking. Keep seeking. And it will be given. And you will find. And he repeats it again. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be open. You've heard stories of people who have prayed decades for loved ones to come to Jesus, and they did. But it took decades. They wait, wait, that's way too long to pray. <laughs> if it's really important, you're going to continue to pray about it, right? We need to be persistent, and God wants us to be persistent. Uh, our ministry here. Provides wonderful health insurance uh, for our staff, very generous health insurance. And uh, some of us decided to check out the health marketplace, and I did that. So I had a, a nightmare in December, which I think I've shared about, um, <laughs> getting on uh, to uh, apply. I got through that. And then uh, several weeks ago, I noticed uh, my claims weren't showing up on the web. And then I found out that the government had canceled my insurance altogether. Even though I was paying and everything, they just had canceled me. <laughs> so I've spent about eight hours on the phone, multitasking at the same time. Uh, I'm, I'm just so tired of their whole music. You know, <laughs> I'm so tired of it. And, and I just keep waiting and waiting. And uh, so, again, I keep a log in one of my tasks and Outlook in terms of all the people that I talk to. And uh, I finally talked to somebody, I believe, on Wednesday. And uh, you know, very nice person. You know, it's tough for these people. You know, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, uh, they've been overwhelmed. Again, just like the, the web problem, they've been overwhelmed uh, with a number of people. Their systems are breaking down. Uh, things like this are happening to other people. And uh, so this person did a great job of handling me. And, and I said, you know what, you've done a great job. But you know what? I need to talk to your 
supervisor. The supervisor card. Okay? That's the card we play, right? When we're not getting what we need. I need to talk. You're great and everything. Nothing against you personally. I say it so it's recorded and everything. No, nothing wrong with you. But this is a problem where I need to go to the supervisor. Okay, well, I'll get you the supervisor. Half hour on hold. I didn't talk to the supervisor, but the person said, hey, listen, the supervisor said we can reinstate you right away. And it happened. So the supervisor card does work sometimes. Many times it doesn't. But it wasn't like the supervisor uh, got on the phone and said, how dare you demand this type of thing? Oh, you're one of those problem people. I'm always kind of wondering if they put things in my file. (laughs) Angry man. (laughs) Sometimes I lose my sanctification uh, talking to these people. You pray for patience. Uh, But at the same time, I had to go to the supervisor. And friends, here's the point. I had to be so persistent, I had to call back time after time and time and say, I want my medical insurance that I paid for. And finally, they responded. Well, friend, who is the ultimate supervisor? God, our Father. He is our supervisor. And He's not the kind of supervisor, and I've talked to a lot of supervisors in my life, who is going to give me grief, who is going to tell me why he can't do this and why he can't do that. And not give me what I want. No, our God is a a supervisor who says, come on up. Keep on asking me. Keep on knocking. Keep on calling me. Because I want to work in your life. Now, I might not give you what exactly you want, but I'm going to teach you some things. And I'm going to help you to grow. And uh, Yeah, that's the idea. So when you think about persistence like in a situation like that and going after the supervisor, that's what we need to do in prayer. Just keep asking the supervisor. I need a supervisor. Well, God, I'm here. God invites you into a strong room. I want to give you a raise. Come on, grace, come on in. All right? That's what the idea behind this verse is. Persistent faith that God is going to come through. It goes on in the passage. It says, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Now, on that day, there was a fish that was kind of like a serpent, so it was a little play on words here. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. Same thing, a scorpion. One of the scorpions in that day looked like an egg. The implication is, of course not. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts uh, to your children. It was Karen Esau. Is Karen Esau here? Oh, there she is. I think one of your friends was a niece of Al Capone or something like that and wrote a book. Was that you? Yeah, Lori has read that book. And so Al Capone treated his family well, right? He knew how to give good gifts uh, to his children. Do you have any mob connections? I don't know. No, just kidding. (laughs) But all I have to say, it's a fascinating book because he treated his family very well. He didn't treat other people very well. But, you know, people know how to treat their family. Most people. All right? They give them good gifts. So if you know how to give good gifts to your children, if Al Capone knew how to give good gifts to his children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And friends, the Holy Spirit is the source of all God's blessing. The Holy Spirit is the one who indwells us. The Holy Spirit who one who seals us, that, that guarantees that we are Christ's follower and we have an endless eternity 
with God. The Holy Spirit is the one who guides us. The Holy Spirit is the one who convicts us. The Holy Spirit is the one who comforts us. The Holy Spirit just continues to empower us. What a tremendous gift He's given to us. And we just need to tap into. God wants to give you good things. God wants to help you. God wants to comfort you. You just need to keep asking and seeking and knocking. Ephesians 3.20. We can't even dream the things that God wants for us. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. We cannot even dream up how much God wants to take care of us. How he wants to meet our needs. Oh, don't you love Jeremiah 29? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me. And come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. When you ask with all your heart. When you seek with all your heart. When you knock with all your heart. God is not on the low shelf, friends. God is not on the low shelf. If you really want to go deep with God, you're going to have to ask Him to empower you to really go after it. To really be insistent that He come through. And that's what He wants from you. But He wants you to seek after Him in faith. Now, Matthew 18, 19, and 20 talks about how we are to pray as a body. Okay? Going beyond the individual prayer. He says, Jesus, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. So, if two people are praying together, they're agreeing. That word agreeing, the uh, root word uh, is uh, the root word for symphony. So it's the idea is that we pray together, two people, four people, ten people. It's a symphony of prayer. Uh, We agree with one another, and that pleases God. That makes beautiful music to God when we pray together. And that's one thing we want to do as we move into this disciple-driven adventure, is we just want to pray with everybody. We want to pray with our wives, our husbands, our friends, our children, whoever we can get to pray with. Because I really believe this verse teaches that there's a special unleashing of God's resources to two people more than there is one. All right? So if you pray alone, that's fine. That's great. That's what God asks you to do. But if you add another person to the mix, it's kind of like an upgrade. Okay? Ask another person, right? And so if we're going to really see God work in our ministry, that's why we need to pray together. We need to agree together. Here's another principle. Uh, when you're in a prayer meeting or in your small group or you're praying with another person, uh, don't let your mind wander. What you want to do is listen to the other person and pray with them because you can be silently agreeing with them. That's the whole idea of prayer. That's what it's talking about here. You agree with them. So as I hear uh, somebody else praying, I'm saying, Lord, I agree. Lord, I agree. And I'm praying silently. I might say, Amen. Yeah, amen to that. You know, that's great. That encourages them. Yeah, so be it. Let's Amen. And, and please, Lord, you know, let's get more verbal in our prayer because it just uh, encourages us to have more passion uh, for prayer. 
so again, remember that. Whenever anybody else is praying in your presence, you be praying along with them. Now, you might not have the guts to pray out loud, but you can go through a whole prayer session and you're praying all the time because you're disagreeing with everybody that uh, prayed. And you're unleashing new spiritual power because Jesus Christ is there in a very special way. Isn't that exciting? Huh? Isn't that cool? I think that's really cool. Yeah, okay, come on now, come on now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pray with your wife and husband. Uh, Pray with your kids. Every time you get a chance to pray with somebody and they're agreeing with you, God is there in a very, very special way. And that's why we have a prayer initiative, because we want God to show up. We want to experience a deeper relationship with Him, and we want Him to work through us in making disciples. Now, our core verse for uh, Disciple Driven is Acts 1.8. When you receive power, uh, when the Holy Spirit uh, comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem... That's here in our ministry in Al Judea. That's our community, reaching people for Christ. Evangelism is the first step of discipleship. And Samaria, that's uh, another culture. That's uh, Lawndale, uh, the ministry that we're going to be uh, helping them in discipleship. And to the ends of the earth. And we're focusing on North India uh, for that. Now, here's our logo uh, for our disciple driven initiative, and you'll see there that you have a little house, that's our Jerusalem and Judea, and you have the Chicago skyline, that's our Samaria, representing Lawndale, and then you have a picture of North and South America, which represents the world, uh, uh, and of course for us in this context, it's India as well as all the other places where uh, we minister, but we want to make disciples in all those different areas, and again, it starts out with prayer, so we're going to look at disciple-driven prayer, Request. And if you could take out this particular insert this time, I'd like everybody to do this. Uh, we're going to have a very special event this Saturday when we are going to come together and agree on requests and relationship to this adventure uh, that we're about to go on. It's from uh, 7 uh, to 11 uh, this Saturday. In fact, I'd like you to write down your name and your email. Okay, your name and email. And if you've got a real busy day, you can come to us at 7 or another time. It doesn't matter. We'll just break up into other groups. You don't have to pray out loud, okay? You can come and just be silent and be agreeing with everybody else in the circle. And that you're just as powerful as you saying something out loud, all right? So, again, friends, if we're really serious about God doing miracles in our ministry, we've got to ask Him. We've got to ask. We've got to seek. We've got to knock. Oh, Saturday's so busy. You know, i got so many things going on. Well, if we don't step up as a ministry and say, yeah, we're going to come, we're going to move things around in order to be there for an hour or two hours or three hours or whatever, you know, we are going to step up and make it happen because we need to be aggressive. We need to be persistent in what God wants us uh, to do and, and pursuing uh, Him. Another thing is uh, we're going to start a disciple driven uh, prayer team through email. Uh, so right next to the times, now if for whatever reason you can't make it out uh, to the morning of prayer, you don't have to fill that portion out, but you can uh, put down prayer email team. Write down prayer email team. And we're going to be sending for the next six weeks a uh, monthly, excuse me, a weekly prayer request uh, list uh, to you so you can pray for this initiative on a daily basis. And you can just uh, 
put the prayer email team down, or if you want to say, if it helps you, say, I want to pray five minutes a day or ten minutes a day. Write five or ten. And if you've done this before in another context, please do it again so we make sure that we've got everybody covered. Uh, but we need as many people praying as possible as we move through this beginning of the initiative. And so, again, uh, sign up for an hour, and then also, uh, if you're interested, uh, sign up for uh, the email. Uh, whatever works uh, for you, whatever God is asking you uh, to do. So let's take a look at now the insert uh, for the message, and we're going to quickly run through the prayer requests uh, that we have listed here. Uh, so first, a prayer initiative. Pray that our church would become a house of prayer. Pray that our church would grow in its passion for prayer. Pray that there would be a renewed desire to depend on God. Then a full engagement initiative. Pray that people would be fully engaged in at least one ministry Pray that new leaders would step up to champion different ministries. Pray that our new Kids City format would be fully staffed with volunteers. And a generosity initiative. Pray that people would prayerfully consider what they might sacrificially give to resources to your initiative. Pray that people would seek out answers to their questions and fully understand and engage in this new chapter. Pray that we would reach our faith goal. Uh, in fact, one guy said I had a typo here. Exceed our faith goal. <laughs> okay. Amen to that. Uh, $500,000 to support all of our projects. Uh, our Jerusalem, pray that we further embrace a discipleship orientation. Pray that we find the right person for the connections director position and the children's ministry assistant. And our Judea, pray that we each would have a deeper commitment to reach lost people. Pray for the one person that you want to see come to Jesus. Pray that more people would come to Jesus through Springbrook's ministry. Then our Samaria, pray for a mutual disciple-making relationship with Lawndale Community Church in Chicago. Pray for Wayne Coach Gordon and his staff as they lead this inner city discipleship ministry and their ends of the earth. Pray for the 100 pastors who will be trained to be church planners in India. Pray that many would come to know Jesus through their ministry. Pray that our family at Springbrook would catch a renewed vision for our world to hear the gospel. So no matter what, I would encourage you to take this insert and take it home, put it in your Bible or someplace uh, where you uh, go to and you pray and uh, keep these prayer requests uh, in mind. So disciple-driven dates, we've got uh, Saturday, March 29th. Uh, that's our morning of prayer. And then we have our information gatherings, which you might have received a letter about all the, already, and we'll be receiving a phone call uh, April 7th through 12th. And there we'll be explaining the whole vision again. All right, we've got our ushers come forward at this time to correct, uh, collect our love gifts uh, to the Lord. And let's pray together. Lord, I want to thank you uh, just for prayer. I want to thank you that uh, 24-7 we can come into your presence. You'll always be there for us. You'll always be ready to listen. Lord, I pray we'd be persistent in prayer. That you would fill us with faith to continue asking even when things don't seem to be changing. I pray that uh, over the next two years our family would experience uh, your presence in a new and powerful way. In Christ's name, amen. Well, this is our time of worship uh, through giving our resources to the Lord. Uh, this time is all about giving first to Him. And we also talk about this time how your gifts to the Lord are discipling other people. And today we want to talk about our Awana Club. Uh, we're so thankful for our leadership there. I think we have 35 to 40 leaders and maybe 140 kids that come out on a weekly basis. And uh, they've been involved in some special activities. First of all, in this first picture, uh, we have the uh, Bible uh, quiz team. 
And these are kids who have studied a lot of the Word of God. I remember being on a Bible quiz team. And uh, they've studied a lot, and they went into competition. Here we see another picture of the rest of the team. And we see one team, I think down there in front, uh, that won uh, first place. Uh, so what a beautiful thing uh, to see kids learning the Word of God, memorizing the Word of God in uh, just a competition, saying this is really important. This is as important as a sports competition in order to know God's Word. Also, uh, a week or so ago, they had the Awana Games, which is a big, big event where churches come from all over the place and they compete in fun competitions. And uh, here we have the Sparks, and they won first place in the Awana Games. Uh, so that's wonderful. And now we also have a crazy picture of them uh, celebrating. And then we have the uh, TNT Boys, and they came in second place. And here's their crazy uh, picture. <laughs> and then finally we have the TNT Girls, and they came in second place. And here's their crazy picture. I want to thank all of you who are Awana leaders out there. Yeah. That is all disciple-making. That's showing kids that uh, walking with God can be fun. It can be a great place uh, where they can experience relationships and get to know Jesus better. Now, we're going to do something a little different here at the end of our service. Uh, what we're doing is uh, we're going to have our small group leaders, if they can come up at this time, our small group leaders, and any uh, uh, prayer team, okay? Uh, we're going to spend 10 minutes in prayer after the service is over for these disciple-driven uh, prayer requests. So, uh, you have a choice. If you would like to join us in prayer, we would love to have you. That's the whole idea. Now, we form groups of, you know, six to eight to ten people around these people. And, uh, again, you don't have to say anything. It's just your way of... It's just a practical way to apply all we've talked about. We've talked about prayer for quite a while now. Well, let's do it together. Because, again, if God's going to work in our ministry in a unique way, we've got to pray, pray, pray. Ask, seek, and knock. So as the service closes here, when I say dismiss and the music starts, uh, if you would like to come up and be a part of one of these groups, and all we're going to be doing is praying about these uh, requests for about 10 minutes, and then we'll end it. I've alerted our children's ministry, and they're going to be, continue to take care of the kids. We would love to have you involved. If you can't make it, that's fine, too. But this is just an opportunity uh, to engage in prayer and show God uh, that we're serious. So I want to thank you for coming, and you are now dismissed.